Hey, I'm Candace. And I'm Daniel. And we are the, the Mystic, Mystic Geeks. Geeks. We will be exploring health, the paranormal, the strange and unusual, and how to be your best self. So join us. We're just two Mystic Geeks on a journey exploring the truth in our world and the universe beyond. Welcome back to episode number two. Episode two, we made it. That's right, we did. Thank you to everybody that listened to episode one. Much appreciated. Gave us tons of great feedback. Yes. And our primary goal here is to entertain you. Yes, entertain. Have some inform, fun. Yeah, have some form, do some sharing. Yeah. Let you listen to our bantering back and forth on your way to work or in the afternoon when you're just trying to settle down again. Yeah, exactly. We're, for, we're here for entertainment purposes <laughs> and educational, but yeah. mainly entertainment <laughs> oh yeah we're here for fun we're all about some fun yes so what are we gonna be talking about on episode two this week it's frequencies frequencies okay yes. and so when you hear the word frequency what comes to mind well with me i know a little about rife frequencies and scalar waves but my knowledge is limited so i'll be interested to get more educated on that so like machines that give you biofeedback basically in yes. a frequency form? Yeah. Oh. They usually have like uh, a frequency that heals certain uh -huh. health issues or mm -hmm. emotional issues. Or so it's claimed. Yeah. There's definitely all kinds of machines out there. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden here just for a quick, quick, quick intercessory into this. And I was there when, uh, Nikola Tesla invented the first hot air balloon, and then he had that uh, thingamajig that we fly over today. I think can't remember what it's called. It records stuff on the on the ground, and leaves are falling outside already. And I don't know. He he was a good man, and I, 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 water is pumped in my house. Thank goodness from from all that. Were we talking about airplanes here? Because. Um, that was like Wilbur. Would you please excuse me? We have to take the president out of here now. <laughs> that was somebody named Wilbur something something that invented that, yeah. uh, not not Tesla. Yeah. And that's right. That, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We're, <laughs> we're just having some fun here. That's all. Um, political opinions aside, this is just facts and fun. Um, of course, we respect um, those in authority over us. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but we're going to talk about frequencies. And so whether or not you agree with the authorities, set authorities in place over you in our country. Without respect, we reject. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing is the frequency of this country, the energies of the people raising that vibration, we can, we can change the situation and, and we can do that through frequency. Oh yeah. And I would like to share the words of one of our heroes, Nikolai Tesla. Definitely a big hero of mine. If you want to find the secret of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Boom. Boom. Yeah. It's true. Everything vibrates at its own. Everything has a frequency. Everything. I mean, this is one of the most brilliant man of our time. What did he invent? The electric car and a uh, AC outlets. The reason you have AC, AC is because of Nikola Tesla. The, the yeah. time machines that are stored in the deep ground government secret chambers. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Also. <laughs> Allegedly. Did you see the whole thing about Nikolai Tesla 
and Baron Trump and this news article that was written back in like, I don't know, like the 30s or something. And that newspaper writer went on to write a book called The Baron and the Castle, something like that. And it basically follows like the life of Donald Trump and him becoming like the king of this kingdom. But his name was Baron Trump, actually in the book. We're talking like pre-1950s and, and uh, wow. Nikolai Tesla was all caught up in this. Really? Wow. So what if said kid Donald Trump, he's a little kid, right? So we haven't been um, making any uh, anti-feminist statements to women or, you know, been married yet five times. This is, this is innocent Donald Trump, okay? Well, I mean. He goes <laughs> to visit Nikolai Tesla with his uncle and here's the theory. He climbs in a time machine that Nikolai built. Maybe he was playing around. I don't know. And um, the story is that he travels forward in time and sees himself becoming president of the United States and all this stuff happening. And then this story is shared with a news reporter during that time. And a book is written about it. And I mean, and this is years, I mean, years and years and years ago. And fascinating. Yeah. I'm not familiar with any of oh this. Oh my God. Rabbit hole here. Huh. But like, there's a YouTube video about it. And when you watch it, your mouth is hanging open the whole time. Are you going to YouTube it right now? Are you looking up these facts? Uh. <laughs> Daniel's about to fact check me on the, the Baron Donald Trump te Nikolai Tesla story. So yeah. So Nikolai Tesla Unlike dealt with CNN frequencies. We <laughs> 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 Nikolai Tesla dealt with frequencies and apparently um, also uh, presidential uh, election predictions as well. So, okay. So I found the information here, which I was trying to talk about with um, the book. Um, so it's called Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey first of all. And the author was Ingersoll Lockwood, who was this um, news reporter man mm -hmm. um, back in the day. And so it's basically a time travel conspiracy that caused renewed interest in Baron Trump's marvelous underground adventures. And it's caught the eye of the general public due to the fact we love conspiracies. Mm -hmm. um, but it's an intriguing conspiracy involving Nikolai Tesla, Donald Trump, Baron Trump, and Donald's late uncle, John G. Trump, who was given the responsibility of taking a look at Tesla's inventions after his death for anything unusual. Interest in this conspiracy is further fueled by the fact that the author, Ingersoll Lockwood, had written another book titled The Last President, detailing the ascent of a populist candidate to the presidency of the United States, eventually leading to the fall of the Republic. And um, there is just a lot of stuff in this book that, you know, you're, you're just like, where is this coming from? And I'm, I'm trying to see what year this book was written. It was uh, not a recent publication. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'll have to find the original publication date. But anyway, um, if you ever want to look into Nikolai Tesla and the Donald Trump conspiracy, I highly encourage it because it's a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. And I'll go down it. <laughs> it's fun because <laughs> you're just like, how is this even possible? You know, but hey, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe little uh, Donald G. Jr. Um, 
maybe he was with his uncle and looking through the garage with all the inventions in there and he's like hey there's a time machine i'm gonna jump in and i'm gonna be president one day the hugest bestest time machine ever. make america great again <laughs> yeah even though it still sucks but whatever so i found a really great article about <clears throat> what john legend told the maharaji while leaving his ashram after a fallout mm-hmm. um so apparently uh the beatles you know spent some time in india and um they sought refuge in spirituality in 1968 um and so they spent some time over there for um reflection um this is john lennon mm-hmm. okay. yep and apparently there was a big falling out um between uh, John Lennon and the Maharaji and he apparently shared some choice words with him um, on his way out the door but yeah apparently their time there um, really <laughs> was, was Yoko with before him that, before that door hit him on his way out of the, yeah. of the ashram there as he was leaving um, no and he spoke highly of, of his um, time there and said you know that they they treated him well but apparently mccartney harrison and lennon left and um they were asked why by the maharaji and he said if you're so cosmic you'll know why <laughs> wow oh what a sting oh that's a sting i like sting too he's a good singer <laughs> <laughs> he is. Talk about uh, vibrational frequencies. <laughs> when you turn that uh, fields of gold on and just go right into the moment there. Walking fields Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. He had, at some point, and I think this was back in the 60s or 70s, he had like seven, at least, I think he got as many people as he could. I want to say it was a little over 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. And all they did was have positive thought uh-huh. for like, I'm just going to say an hour. In that hour, and this is statistically proven, crime dropped like a big percentage. Oh, in that area, yeah. They were trying to raise the frequency of the world. Uh Uh-huh, worldwide. So um, one really interesting thing regarding frequency therapy is an experiment um, that a nonprofit institute, they're called the Heart Math Institute. Yes. Um, They were founded in 1991 and their whole mission is to develop reliable scientifically validated tools that help people reduce and avoid stress while experiencing increased peace satisfaction and self-security research at the heart math institute shows that adding heart to our daily activities and connections produces measurable benefits to our own and others well being interesting yeah and they conducted this experiment where they took um their subjects and they placed them in a in a room where you there was no sound no light it was a deficit room Mm -hmm. and they had a computer screen in front of them and they were measuring the electrical output of the heart and the heart rate yes and so what they would do is um the screen would go black for an unset amount of time so it might be four seconds and then an Mm -hmm. image would come up and then it would go back black and it might go 10 seconds this time so there was no um repeating pattern you couldn't anticipate when a photo was going to come up and so what they did was they would show a series of photos that would be 
something that might invoke peace in you. Mm -hmm. So a picture of a bunny rabbit, a picture of a nature scene, you know, a mama whale and her baby swimming along, whatever. (laughs) And then at times, so, so these were all out of order. So then they would also have images that would invoke a sense of, of horror in you, basically. Um, a woman that had been in a car accident and her, you know, her face was all ripped up or, um, a snake coiled up ready to strike at you or, um, you know, an animal out in nature that's, um, you know, hunting its prey, whatever. So it'd be kind of a shocking kind of photo. Okay. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of gore in it. And what they found was that before the photo would even flash, the heart would actually prepare the subject, uh, to put it bluntly, the heart knew what image was coming next before the image ever came up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they tracked this that if a... Um, Makes sense. A peaceful, yeah, a peaceful photo was going to come up, the picture of the bunny, um, the heart rate just kind of steadied mm-hmm. um, even before the photo came. But if it was going to be a more gory photo, the heart rate would actually deaccelerate to prepare the person for that acceleration that was going to come from that image that it was going to invoke in their heart rate slightly, slightly uh, increasing from kind of the shock of the photo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what they found was that, um, well, that just goes to show you the, um, I don't mean to interrupt, sorry, but that just goes to show you the, the interconnections of energy frequency. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so what they found is, um, and they've done a lot of other studies as well, but this one really fascinated me is that, basically their premise is that your heart knows what's going to happen before it happens and it prepares you for that. So whether you're going to be in a, in a happy event, you know, or you're about to go through a tragic event, your heart actually already knows and it will, um, it it will adjust its uh, frequency to help you, uh, stabilize through that event basically and they talk about the heart brain connection they say that the brain controls the heart but what they're finding is actually the heart controls the brain um, because it already knows you know oh, what, fascinating yeah I, I can believe that yes 100 yeah it was really really fascinating and so um their whole mission is is talking about um frequencies is your heart in um is your heart taking in a congruent frequency? Is your, is your heart, um, you you know, are you contributing to that vibration of congruence in your body to where you're exposing yourself to positive situations Mm -hmm. or are you, you know, watching gore all day and talking negative and being around negative people. And that's causing that, that disharmony in you, um, which they find the disharmony actually interrupts the heart brain connection of knowing that, that intuition, you know, of what's coming your way and how you can navigate around that. So really, really fascinating work they do. Did you ever hear the study? And this has been some decades ago now. They did with, um, I think it was plants. And one plant they played heavy metal music to. Yes. One other plant they played classical music to. Yes. And I, I think there was maybe another type of music. I'll just say that. It responded the most to classical music. It mm-hmm. grew and flourished because that was such a calming mm-hmm 
you know, tone to it. Well, believe it or not, um, these people over at HeartMath, they actually conducted an experiment with a lady named Eileen Mucusic. Um, and Eileen is one of the founders behind tuning of the biofield, which is a therapy um, that I do in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, biofield tuning has to do with using a uh, tuning fork to locate areas of dissonance in the biofield around the body um, and that frequency that we put out. And so when we when we bring that sound into the biofield um, and there's there's a dissonance, a, a, there's a memory stored there, um, the, the tuning fork will actually begin to make a very different sound. It's going it to make it super loud or super quiet. And um, it may start to vibrate in a very different kind of frequency. And so we work to remove that um, distortion and, and, and move it back to the body so that um, that trauma memory is erased. But anyway, what they did over at HeartMath with Eileen is they had her come in. So she's like the big biofield tuning guru, okay? She mm-hmm. invented this whole system of it. Yes. Or discovered it, I should say. And um, the professor there had some plants that he had been doing experiments on. And he had these plants hooked up to uh, basically a, some kind of graphing system to would, would graph changes in the plant's emotions, basically. Oh, so this was similar to a little bit what uh-huh. I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, and um, they had Eileen come in, and she actually did biofield tuning on the plants. And the first plant, you could see it's like har- it, it's basically peaceful; its peace frequency mm-hmm. rise. Um, so the plant was becoming very relaxed and happy. And then um, there was this other plant, and she said she tried to work on that plant, and she's like was feeling a lot of resistance. And she she turned and, and told the professor. Uh, the only thing I'm hearing in this field is, is fear. And I, I literally think this plant is afraid of me. Mm. And he said, mm, that's awfully funny because so in this course of this experiment they're doing, they're having different practitioners come in and, and do different work to verify results. Yes. So apparently they'd had a psychic come in the week before to do a reading on the plants. Yeah. And the psychic had said, this plant is very fearful. And so the next lady coming in, which was Eileen, she was like, all I feel in this plant's field is this fear and, and this plant is literally afraid of me. So who knows what that poor plant had been through. But, um, but that is some of the work that, that heart math has done. And, um, it's really, really fascinating. Um, and I, I love that now that we have all of these advances in technology, instead of us just being these woo woo new age, crazy people, mm-hmm. um, science is now mapping these concepts. They're saying this is real, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they're really coming up on on their um, studies mm-hmm. of that phenomenon instead of just letting it, you know, go to the wayside. Yeah, it, it's it's all proven science now at this point. They've they've got the machines to track um, track the energy centers, track measure your vibrational field that you have um, within six feet of usually um, all around you. Mm-hmm. And so when you bump into someone on the street, um, someone you know, someone you don't know that your biofield is crossing their biofield and that's why you say, oh, that person makes me uncomfortable or oh, I just love her energy yes. or oh, that person just gives me creeper vibes. <laughs> you know, so, um, so we're finding that this is, this is not just a, a theory that us people who like to uh, sit around and um, you know, braid our hair and call ourselves hippie. Uh, it's no, it's real. It's real science. So, um, I, f- I think it's really fascinating. Oh, I do too. I think it's completely fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. And if anyone wants to look up, um, their work and their studies, uh, their website is heart math, 
dot org and so they have all of their uh, different work on there their research um, they're actually sponsoring a project which similar to what you were talking about with Maharaji um, they have a global coherent um, mission that they're doing where they're placing different devices and having people do um, different exercises of love putting out love energy um, to affect the earth's magnetic field so they say the earth's magnetic field uh affects us right oh yes um, it does <laughs> well the thought is is that we also affect the earth's magnetic field oh yeah everything is interconnected yeah that the earth is actually a being in and of herself and that um while she affects us we affect her <laughs> and because so many people are living in a non-coherent coherent state they're living in this low vibration negative vibration and then we see all of these things happening on the earth with nature and whatnot and um so their whole concept is that um part of it is we are just in our hearts and our you know where society has gone today we're not living in a coherent state with with the earth and so she's a little bit angry at us <laughs> and so, oh i think I she's a lot angry with us <laughs> she's a little uh not happy and um and so there's this movement to 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 living in uh coherence with with the earth that we're on as and treating her as this being um and sending her that vibration that she sends us and i think that's a really beautiful thing yeah and i, I think it's too. very a very eye-opening way to live um you know we a lot of us we you know we convert to veganism we you know support animal life and and um rights for animals and the trees being cut down and everything and um daniel's not a vegan but i have been <laughs> anyway um i i, I think we we need to live in less excess of of killing really but um that beyond that are we living in coherence in our hearts with the earth <laughs> so food for thought on the subject of frequencies while you're we're talking about it you know i I do Reiki. I'm mm -hmm. a Reiki practitioner. And um, I have to say about my first experience with Reiki, and this was around 1994, 95, I think it was. Anyway, I had a customer at a, I worked at a local health food store, and I had a lot of stress going on in my life. And she was t telling me, and she was a massage therapist, and she did Reiki. And she so she suggested Reiki to me to kind of help relieve the stress. Well dummy me and i was kind of new to everything i thought that was just a type of massage, massage <laughs> therapy and so i went over to her place and and of course she's you know everything's real calm and peaceful and and so we start the process and she's just laying out of hands and i'm just sitting there laying there like you know i don't understand what's going on here what is this all about i'm just thinking okay I was just a little freaked out a little bit well i didn't know what it was you see that i was because i was new to everything even the whole industry mm -hmm. so um anyway so she the session's over and she's like you know and i do feel more relaxed but she's like you know i hope we got something really beneficial out of that and i'm trying not to be rude and i'm like yeah it was great so then i get in my car and i'm just like you know what was that <laughs> you know what was that all about mm -hmm. and so i'm just thinking well i don't know what that what that's supposed to do all right fast forward to the next day i am detoxing like crazy uh -huh. <laughs> i mean emotionally physically you name it i'm detoxing. i mean i felt like i was getting the flu i mean it lasted like two two or three days with me mm -hmm. and i figured i was 
very bound up as far as uh, everything emotionally it's that because you're used to bearing things men is to men in particular used to bearing things down deep yeah and so anyway i had a lot of stuff very down deep because it was all coming out and mm. I, I mean nobody probably wanted to be around me for those <laughs> two days because i was just like it just ill you know and yeah but once i got past it, i realized that must have opened me up to you know a healing i was mm-hmm. going through a healing crisis basically mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't know what that is a healing crisis is basically where you feel a little worse before you get better right which is a good thing although it may not feel yeah, like I think it that happens time. even when you take medications right yeah, yeah yeah sometimes you feel a lot worse before you get better yeah but anyway um so i started going regularly to her i would go like about once a month there about something like that and i felt like amazing i mean i could not believe i even got compliments um at work people were like you know what are you doing because you look like you look younger <laughs> but it was because i was releasing all that stress yeah, getting all that gunk off you yeah. literally and so anytime you do that you start having that glow about you and and you know energy just returns into balance yeah so, yeah it was amazing so I, w- I was hooked after that on energy healing yeah so in that sense in reiki we're looking at um basically one person giving another person a frequency through their intention right yeah it's really a type of scalar energy mm -hmm. basically which is a healing energy that's from the other side basically on a call it on a quantum level kind of yeah yeah so when yeah so in reiki it's um you're sending that vibration or that frequency out human to human right yes um mm-hmm. it's and, and then that is the same as as the heart math they're saying um if you can raise the coherence of your heart and um, the vibration of it then you're going to affect those around you and you're going to affect the earth even yes. you know because oh, yes. we're all um touching each other's frequency fields basically mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just—it's just amazing. I mean, I—I I can definitely attest to its benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially especially going and not knowing what it was. So that was a validation yeah. for me because I wasn't going in expecting anything. Anything to happen? <laughs> yeah. You're like, exactly. who's this voodoo doctor over here? Yeah. I'm like, what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> and look at you now, years later. Yeah. Now it's like your whole. Uh, life mission yeah and yeah exactly it's funny how you're kind of led yeah especially for somebody who started out wanting to learn accounting (laughs) (laughs) after the after the first year i knew that my god that was not for me how did i not know that about you no i would an accountant i would have not done Mm -mm. well (laughs) no i would have been miserable in that job yeah nothing against accountants it's just it's just not for (laughs) me if you're an accountant and you're listening to us we're sorry no i mean you have to really love that and so i really appreciate an accountant who loves that work because looking at numbers all day would just give me a headache so you were you were given a different path through that yeah that healing experience yeah yeah yeah, definitely and that led me well i think even before no it may have been about the same time as when i started discovering homeopathic medicine Mm -hmm. and and i get to you know Dr. Roger Jaynes in Greenville at the Gaston mm-hmm. Street Clinic, and and uh, that's been wonderful. I mean, you know, I've I've been able to do a lot of holistic healing and yeah, save he myself does, a lot um, of biofeedback, right? So, yes, yes. and when you get a health evaluation, they're using a biofeedback channel or frequency of the body. Um, so they're looking for the organ's frequency. So a healthy organ emits a certain frequency, and um, when there's a drop in that feedback reading basically in that frequency channel um you know there's a weakness in the organ and then um 
I know with biofeedback, you can actually use the same frequency of a healthy organ or system, whatever it may be you're working on, um, and apply that frequency back to the body. And then that has a therapeutic effect about mm -hmm. the same as taking um, a medication. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. So the, the general thought is the way a medication works is if you think about all of us, any object in your room from yourself to your phone, your chair, your car, whatever it may be, those are just a bunch of electrons and uh, protons spinning around, right? Oh, yeah. The table, like we're sitting yeah. at, the chairs are yeah. all vibrating at a frequency. Yeah. yeah. It's it's these things electrically spinning and putting in the, it's through that vibration. That's what yeah. everything is. And so um, the way that a prescription medication or a homeopathic or a supplement you take works is um, it is that frequency of those electrons and protons spinning in the supplement or in your Lipitor or, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um, it is that frequency of those spinning molecules that is affecting you uh, in a certain way. And so if we can match the vibration that's put out or what the body needs, if we can match that vibration signal of that physical uh, item, um, it has the same effect mm -hmm. because the body recognizes it as for what, what that electrical signature and so um another study that i saw uh which was quite interesting um having to do with the biofield tuning which i do with the tuning forks was uh how the body responds to sound and the study showed that you with re your receptor cells in your body right um so obviously we have these different receptor cells and they have different shapes basically on the end of them right mm -hmm. and so you know vitamin k will bond to a vitamin k receptor because it's it's like a a link right mm -hmm. it's got to fit a lock and key and then you know your vitamin a only fits to your vitamin a receptors etc and so um you only have so many of them and that's the argument behind um not taking multivitamins is you're throwing a bunch of stuff at your receptor sites that you, you might not need and so you can't um you can't absorb the stuff you actually need but anyway so in this study they found they were looking through basically a very very powerful microscope at these receptor cells and they found that when they applied um a, an audible vibration sound to the cells the receptor the, the the surface of the cell the receptor site actually vibrated and changed shape so the sound was causing that channel to be receptive to it without even having a bonding site so making it more um receptive to nutrients basically yeah um well and it was it well that for one but it was changing its shape to receive the vibration as a treatment yeah so instead of it being locked in a certain okay i can only receive vitamin a or vitamin b or whatever it may be that i'm this receptor cell mm -hmm. um it was basically morphing the surface the receptor site was morphing from this audible tone to receive the treatment or receive the frequency from the sound interesting fascinating yeah. that's a um mind-blowing yeah mind-blowing i was gonna say i'm already my mind's already blown i see this little cell like when, blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> when i think about it in my mind yeah yeah so yeah um and so these frequencies these sounds they can affect us in different ways from you know our receptor sites on our cells to 
um, our organs, you know, and the way our organs are functioning, the way um, our different systems in our body operate. And so that is the premise behind some of these. For instance, the the Tesla coil um, is Tesla came up with that treatment coil to provide these frequencies to the body that got it out of state of dishealth, basically. So, mm. yeah. Fascinating. Yes. Interesting. Well, Daniel, we've come to the end of our second podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's been a controversial one. <laughs> well, we were having some fun today, so, you know, don't get don't shoot the messengers. We were just having a little fun. Yeah, it was all in fun. <laughs> And um, I think I mentioned, I think I said uh, uh, Tesla invented the electric car, and that, that was all in fun. Obviously, I don't think he invented it. We all know who did. So we know who owns um, the rights to the Tesla <laughs> electric vehicle. <laughs> the big man himself. Uh, we'll have to get into that someday. You know, the electric car was, there was one actually invented back in, I believe it was either the early 30s or 40s. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yes. We're going to take Elon Musk down. Well, those, those batteries back then were not going to hold out. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to make it to the edge of the field of your farm, and that was it? Uh, yeah, but it was really interesting. I, I saw that on uh, a documentary recently. In fact, I think it was about about Tesla, but it, it was about the car, the car. Okay. Well, we'll have to find yeah. the name of that um that documentary and share it then yeah awesome well coming to a wrap we hope you appreciated the podcast um again it was it was a light one it was some fun some facts talking about frequencies and a little bit of uh, political nonsense as well oh uh, yeah a little fun just a little fun <laughs> yes and if any of you are looking for more information about me, Candace Cannon, you can go to my website, which is the Prana Room, and Prana is spelled P-R-A-N-A dot glossgenius.com. I am on Instagram, the Prana Room G-V-L, and on Facebook, the Prana Room. And where can we find Daniel? I am at timelessodyssey.com. That's T-I-M-E-L-E-S-S. O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. And I also have on, on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, we hope you got through this podcast with a big laugh and a little bit of information. And we look forward to the next one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to begin our preparations on what we'll do next. Time. What are we going to talk about next? Yes. We do have some guests lined up for the future, so we'll be working on that. So um, on some upcoming episodes, we will have some uh, interesting people we'll be talking to about various subjects. Yes, can't wait. That will be uh, hopefully coming up in the very near future. In the very near future. Yes, stay tuned. And thank you for listening. <laughs>